Slob Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. It's Marcia Kisper-Cook, and we are definitely going to have a fun show today, and I'm definitely going to change the, change our little message. Okay, it's actually Michigan Avenue Media now, and Virginia hasn't done shows in many, many years already, so it is, you know, and I will probably get a new one. I was putting songs on in between, but anyway, uh, I am Marcia, and I've been doing the show for a long time, um, over 12 years. And so I will pr- promise you another yeah. another message really soon. <laughs> okay. And all right, let's see. We um, have a very good show today, but there's a couple things I just wanted to say. Uh, one is please wear a mask. And, and if people are going to have holidays, just try to be safe. And uh, I'm not having a show next week, although we're not doing anything for Thanksgiving, but I'm still not having a show because maybe people are. But I'm hoping everybody just, you know, keeps their distance, wear masks, and stay safe. And uh, hopefully soon we'll be out of this mess. And that's all I'm saying about that. Anyway, all right, so my guests are going to be fun. We're going to have a fun show today. Okay, Elaine Dietz we have on. Um, We have Sally Walker and Bennett Pomeranz. And uh, Lindsay will not be with us. He'll come on another time. And so we're going to have a fun show. So let's see. Okay, Elaine has not been on the show, and I've been talking to her for a few minutes. So, Elaine, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, and then we'll all say that, and then we'll just start talking. Okay. I'm a Florida mystery writer, and I've written four series. And my current series is Angela Richmond Death Investigator Series. So if you like forensic mysteries, uh, I hope you'll like Angela. My latest book is A Star is Dead. And uh, a death investigator is someone who uh, works for the medical examiner's office, so they're sent out in place of a pathologist, but they're not really a doctor. Uh, and so they're, they're kind of like a, a paralegal for the medical examiner. And I've taken the training, but I'm not certified to be a, uh, a death investigator. And if you invite me to dinner, I promise not to tell anything I learned in the class. <laughs> okay. It sounds interesting that you took the that you know, you became that so you could really write it then. That's good to write what you know and now you know it. So that's a good thing. Well, it was fascinating. It really was. I think it would be. I think, you know, any any time you're doing something where you're, you know, learning more and then you especially when you're writing, it, it makes it really good because people now when they're reading books, they really like they don't like you to lie. You know, they really want. Years ago, in the other older books, you know, sometimes you didn't. The court scenes weren't the same, and the you know, and maybe 
you know, things that the medical examiner did were just so-so, but now you have to be pretty accurate here because the reader is well, very smart. You, you really do because readers yeah. are very smart. And yes, uh, I'm, uh, and they're they're very happy to point out when you've screwed up. So they absolutely, I, I really yeah. We, we probably should talk about that. Uh, okay, and, because that is a big. <laughs> and I never too. did that to you, Elaine. I never you did, did that, that to you. Know what, ben, Bennett? You you did that to every. Well, you actually you haven't done it to me, but actually you have done that to a lot of people. Yes, I have. But I said to Elaine, not you, uh, to Elaine. I did. I never did that to her. You are okay, right, well, Bennett. You have and it. You have your friends on this show, okay? So yes, Sally, okay, yeah, <laughs> Sally Walker. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Oh gosh, I write novels. I write screenplays. Um, I write just about everything and anything. And I've got uh, creative writing textbooks and. And um, so during COVID, um, last year, um, I well, last spring, was my last screenwriting class for a, uh, the Omaha Metro Community College. And um, when I sold a screenplay, uh, I decided to finally give up uh, formal education and, and just focus on my writing um, so that's kind of, and I do have online classes. There are online workshops, uh, that people can, can take. And I've got, uh, several scheduled in 2021. Um, so yeah, that's me. People may be home. It's coming up soon. We're almost in December. So they, you know, you a God. lot of people are, are on, you know, they're doing things at home now and, you know, and writing more and um, probably not liking some of the things. That, well, from what I've heard, they're not, you know, you start writing and then you, you know, you go on to do something else. And I think a lot of us that think that we would be doing more by being home, this is not happening for a lot of people. So, because it's very hard to, I don't know, I'm trying to concentrate, I'm getting there, you know, but uh, a lot of people I've had on the show can't concentrate a lot. So we'll talk in that a little later. All right, speaking of not concentrating, we'll put you on Bennett next. Okay, Bennett, tell everybody yes. who you are. I am a writer, a critic, uh, a, an author, uh, an anthologist. Uh, what else? I, I got enough hats that I, I'm okay. wearing them. I uh, did. Right, we'll just take uh, that. <laughs> I just know it's funny. I uh, I was in the collection Loving Hearts Live Forever, and I was at, dare I say it, uh, Barnes & Noble with a mask, and somebody said, I'm looking for a cop, and I'm right there, and I'm not, I don't work for Barnes & Noble or anything else, and it's like they said, oh, uh, I'm trying to get a selection called Loving Hearts Live Forever, and I said, yeah. MJR Productions, and they're like, how do you know? I'm one of the authors of it. Oh, my God, an author. And this woman's spawning all over me. Uh, You know, it's like it's – and we're in a bookstore, but, I mean, she's getting a little too close. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I think it's available online. Oh, but you can't autograph it then. Well, Bennett, we all know that you can tell a good story, right? There you go. You have a story. I know, but you have a story for everything. 
that's ever happened. No, not everything. No, no, okay. no, not everything. <laughs> okay. Have you guys but, uh, heard? Uh, have you guys heard how Bennett and I met? Uh, I no. Had written, I had no, written an audio book. I had written an audio book um, put out by a Colorado firm called Audio Entertainment, and um, Bennett was uh, uh, the audio one of the judges. Involved. One of one of the judges for uh, the audiobook industry for the annual awards and nominated me for the best audiobook of the year for the audiobook that Audio Entertainment uh, put out. And I was runner-up to Star Wars. You can't beat James Earl Jones. So. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, no, no. Was that James Earl Jones? Or that was James Earl Jones doing the Bible. Star Wars, no. It wasn't Star Wars. It was um, because Brock Peters did the radio version of NPR. So it wasn't James Earl Jones. Oh, I thought it was. Well, anyway, I was uh, I I was runner up, and um, we have been. That was in uh, 1995, and we have been friends ever since. Wow. I I feel like I'm time warping here. Wow, God, it's been that long. <laughs> anyway, I forgot I, I forgot to mention Elaine on my show. You could ask each other questions or just say what oh, you want. Okay. We don't have right. we have no rules on this show. So just so because I know you haven't been well, on my show, so this is my show. Right. So if you have something to say, just feel free to say it. That's what we do here. You know, I, will, I, will, I will say this. I am very lucky today. I've got one of the best hosts in the world, that's Marsha, and two of the okay. best lady writers I know. So I'm just, and I don't have to identify them. I think they know who well, they I will are. Say, I will say, Bennett, that this is true. I have had several of your friends on over the years, and they are now become my friends, but you really have had some really nice friends over the years. You know, I think what people don't realize is that even though we don't, all of us don't live in the same place, you know, we, over the years, we know each other. I mean, especially I've been doing this for 12 years, you know, so you get to meet the same, you know, have the same people on and that's the good thing. But, you know, people don't realize that we're not in the same place, so we all help each other out. You know, that's how we, you know, market, and that's how we're on Facebook. You know, even though Facebook lately has tried, you know, I have no, every day they come up with another thing where it changes. I don't, has anybody, um, you know, I'm trying not to be on as much, even though I'm on a lot. I, I need to write more, you know, and I think that sometimes doing all this makes you lose you do lose concentration and you know i think a lot of us that have been doing this over the years know this and i think being home now for a lot of people and not out as much i think you know hopefully they can be writing i don't know elaine how do you feel about that are you writing more or are you writing less or are you you know just keep doing what you're doing i'm excuse me i'm writing pretty much the same but one of the things that my friends and I are talking about is the problem that writers have with isolation. And yeah. what do we do to get back to writing? Because it's hard for a lot of us to concentrate these days. Yeah. We're yeah. worried about our kids. Is school going yeah. to open? What's going to happen? And one of the, uh, some of them go for a walk, but I can't do that because I'm wearing yeah. a giant boot since I pulled two tendons. Yeah. This is not good. I one know. of the Oof. things... That that I did was I belonged to a couple of, of groups, Mystery Writers of America and Sisters in Crime. And 
I went to their regular Saturday meeting on on Zoom, and uh, it was all about plotting. And uh, it was uh, we all laughed too much, and you know we we talked a lot, and <laughs> mm-hmm. none of us wore a mask because we were on Zoom. So I got to right. see their faces, and yeah. it helped. So. One of the things I'm suggesting is, um, you know, if you don't belong to these organizations, join something. Go to a Zoom meeting. Go talk. You need to hang out with other writers. And if you've got writer friends, give them a call. Um, We have wine and wine sessions where we we call and we (laughs) complain about agents and editors and everything else. And that really seems to help to break the isolation. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think I'm here. I can say this about him. I, uh, Lindsay Downs and I call each other about once a month and check up on each other. Just check up yeah. on each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's the truth. You know, I, I thought in March, I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't, ha-, you know, I, I said, well, should I have the shows? And then I said, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to have the shows. And then I've been having them ever since because I, you know, I decided that was a good way for people because really being on a show is a really good way to promote yourself because people can listen to the podcast and hear your voice because I do think people – like to talk to authors and they like to hear what they have to say and now because blog talk you know we're on apple and you know itunes you know so i think they're on all of like my shows are on for years i don't know i looked it up they sent me something from apple i mean on itunes i have like 400 shows on there so it's like you know that's a good thing for people to do so i've been keep doing the shows and because i think it keeps people listening and you know they other writers need to talk to other writers Elaine, you're right about that because, you know, our regular group of friends, we were talking about this, I think, on the show last week, is our regular friends don't understand really what we do and how hard this is. This is not easy, you know, because we're making characters up and we all understand how marketing is. But our friends, our regular friends, they don't realize what we do. So when you have author friends, it helps a great deal. I re- I agree with you. We it's, have in, in, ahead, uh, here in Omaha. Um, 35 years ago, I started uh, a writer's group through one of the local libraries, and um, we don't meet at the library. We have met throughout 2020, uh, but we still have our weekly Zoom meeting on Wednesday nights. So for 35 years, writers have met, um, and every Wednesday, it's addictive. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, a core of people who who come regularly, and other people uh, come in and out. But it's it addresses poetry, script writing, and fiction. And then people read a few pages of books of uh, from their works in progress, whether it's a short story or or um, a novel. And then they get feedback from the people in the group. And it's just absolutely stimulating, and you get input from a variety of people with a variety of expertise and knowledge, and yeah. um, it's just absolutely um, vital for us. And so when we could no longer meet face-to-face in the library, it was devastating, but then the Zoom meetings uh, took off, and um, it's we are still quote unquote getting together, 
and answering questions. Yeah. There was there was a new writer who uh, posted a question to our closed uh, Facebook list about point of view, and so there were about five people who discussed how they handle point of view in their works. I mean, so that's it's vital to have that kind of input. Yeah, I think so. I, I and I think you know. Um, most well, I shouldn't say. Well, I will say it. most writers really they need to. You know, it doesn't matter how much we think we know, we can always learn more. You know, and that's why you know the shows I've learned. I always take notes. You know, if somebody has a better idea of how to do something, you know, which uh, you know people are. I think a lot of people their concern is marketing. You know, and once you start letting marketing take over your life, this is not good. You know, so I mean, there are people out there that. Uh, you know, I've recommended to a lot of people if they just want their books, you know, their, you know, to do some posts for them, you know. And I think those people are out there. You don't have to spend a, a lot of money. You can just get, you know, people that will help you post a little. So at least your work is out there, you know. Um, and then people can share. You know, I don't think people share as much as they used to. And if they are sharing, a lot of times Facebook doesn't, let it go to where it should go, you know, because sometimes you have to really, I don't love tagging people, so I don't. So uh, how does everybody else, uh, well, Elaine, how do you, what do you do for yourself as far as marketing goes? Well, marketing is, Facebook is a tremendous time suck for me. And the problem is I need it. But I'm yeah. also, when, when I'm on deadline, I will take a vacation for several days. And now yeah. Facebook is to the point where they tell me how many, you know, how, how, it, how many engagements I've lost by actually writing my book. But I've, I'm trying to find a balance and not succeeding very well uh, yeah. with, with Facebook. Yeah, um, I think Instagram. And, you know, Instagram. Are Instagram. 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 No, you mm-hmm. know, like you could boost, you could boost your page, and actually, you know, you could boost uh, a post, and you know, it's not oh, bad because yeah. you could even do it for five dollars, you know. So right. it's not bad, and you know, the bad part is years ago people would be sharing it, but so this takes the place of asking people to share because you know they don't want to share a lot of times. You don't really know. I mean, it's very different than it used to be. So if you Make an ad for a couple of days for five dollars. It's interesting to see how many engagements you get. You get a lot of them, and when you don't do anything, because it actually looks like years ago. I, I think when you could see people shared, they posted how many, but now sometimes you don't see it. So, um, it, you what know, about I'm good thinking does does anybody see my stuff? And then they do probably, but maybe they're not commenting and they just you know scroll. Right. So. At least they're seeing it, but you don't know. So, and you and right, Elaine, what you said is true. You just can't, you know, you can't be writing and worry about that. So, you know, I think that's one of the issues for a lot of people. And a lot of people now that I have on, they're not marketing as much as they used to because they're just writing more. You know, because right. the truth is, if you don't write more, you can't. You can sell more when you write more. And so, I think, uh, is anybody on the Kindle Unlimited? No. Yes, I am. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. So do you want the Kindle Unlimited? Go ahead. But I haven't, not a great deal. Yeah. I have it available, but I haven't taken advantage. Yeah. Elaine, are you on any Kindle Unlimited? I I hired someone to help uh, sell, to to promote my e-books. And um, her name is Julie Smith with Books Be Nimble. And she's been really good because she knows all the ins and outs of things like BookBub and BookFunnel and uh, all of those places where you can list your books. And she does really well for me. And she takes 20% and it's worth it because... I I really can't handle that that part of things, and I yeah I think I that really, really recommend right. her. Yeah, what her name is? Is she on Facebook? Her name is Julie. Julie, Julie Smith, mm-hmm. and she is uh, a, a writer, a very good writer, and okay. she is. I believe she's won an Edgar Award, but her company uh-huh. is called Books Be Nimble. Okay, okay. and uh, it's worth looking mm-hmm. up. Yeah. You know, I have Owl and Pussycat, and they're very inexpensive, and they are, um, I don't know if some of you have been on Delaney's show, you know, Delaney Oaks, I don't know if you know her, but uh, Delaney and uh, Karen Vaughn, and they're very reasonable, and they post a lot. So I use them, you know, but sometimes, you know, there are some that are better than others, and they post a lot too, which is good, you know, and that works out for people because it's, you know, it's just putting you out there. It doesn't mean you're going to sell books, but it also just keeps your name out there, you know, because it does, I think Instagram is easy in a lot of ways. You just put a picture and a couple hashtags and that's it because people, it's fast. You know, Facebook, I don't mm-hmm. know anymore. It's so different than it was, you know. Yeah. Um, what, I, I, what, I, what, what about for newspapers? Where I used to have a column weekly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And now there are, okay, I hate to say this, everything is either internet or the newspapers are very home uh, folk centric, not home centric, but folk centric. Mm-hmm. Meaning it's your area and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's so much has changed in that. So I think, you know, you can't rely on that. And I do think, you know, I noticed Elaine on yours when you and your um when you're talking about when you're there's a description on your book, you just have you have a long description. On some of your books, where you're talking, the book, you know, you have some. It's not just a short log line. So, how do you think that works for you better when the people are it, reading a little bit about what you've done? I, I think it helps uh, to give a better description, and also on my website, I have sample chapters because if someone's going to buy the book, I think they ought to at least get a short introduction and and see if this is the kind of book they want. And if they can read a pretty good-sized excerpt, I think it'll help them make a decision because they want to spend their money on something they like. Yeah, yeah. I, I, because people say you don't I, – I tend to think that is better, and I think I'm going to start doing that. I keep saying that because I really agree with that because I think that when you have – you know, like Sally, you know with the log line, it's really hard for people to like uh, something from just a log line. A log you know, line, um, right. Because you don't know the characters, you don't yes. you don't know yeah. um, the plot, you don't know the scene, yeah. And so if you've got 
uh, a blurb that is, oh, I think uh, with the attention span, I think about with a blurb, uh, the summary of the book, if you've got about 100 to 150 words, that works. If it's I think, beyond yeah, that, it's I think, a, you know, I think when people are scrolling, I think they, yeah. uh, that that's about their limit. Well, you know, but then sometimes I do think that I think what Elaine is saying, I think I kind of like that now that you could maybe look at the chapter. I, I've tried that years ago, yes. and I think I go back to that because I think sometimes if they get interested in your characters, they may want to read your book rather than, yes. you know, because I go scrolling down and looking at log, you know, well, there's, there's synopsises, whatever. I met, Even when I was an agent, I used to hate, you know, because I the people wrote good scripts, but they didn't. But the log line, because I think that's a, such a hard thing to do, and you know, to try to which which I had to do for them, try to sell a movie from just a log line, it's really difficult, you know, because people, you right. know, they, it, it, it just sometimes you have to know a lot more about, the, you know, and that's why the trailers are good sometimes for movies. You could at least, you know, see a little more than just one, you know, minute of something, you know, so, I think trailers. How yeah. about how about yeah. trailers on books? Um, I know the publisher I have now uh, encourages those and has a program to create them. And, yeah. Um, but uh, one of the things is that there's such a glut of kinds of books, uh, advice, uh, life stories, memoirs, um, and some of those trailers are just a little over the top i tried trailers for a while and i never they they never seem to sell anything uh for me yeah yeah and so i i gave up um maybe Ah. i gave up too soon but you know i just i just didn't do them anymore yeah, I, I did them years ago. I had some of them done, but then I didn't. And then I, you know, um, I think some of the people that did marketing did put some out. But, I, you know, I listen, we are all in competition with so many people that, you know, when new people are listening to the shows, I'm always saying just write the book, write the story the best you can. And, you know, you can't constantly think of marketing or you'll never write anything. You know, because it's, you know, and you don't really sell like you did. I think people sell a lot when they go to book signings. I think it was uh, Bennett, you were on the show when Leanne Murphy was talking about she had all these books in her house because she, everything was canceled at all of her events. So I think that's the problem now. So I think writers just have to sit tight a little and, uh, you know, maybe their sales are down, but when they, you know, when things get better, hopefully people will resume you know, going to places. I have seen some right. people doing some book signings. You know, I wouldn't want to be one, you know, doing one right now. You know, Bennett, when you were no. at uh, Barnes & Noble, were there a lot of people in the store, or were they monitoring them? Or what no, was it was a ghost town. I hate to say it. It was a ghost town. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. 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 I'm afraid bookstores yeah. are kind of uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. one of the victims of COVID. Yeah. Like everything yeah, else, that's the problem. I mean, I just, you know, and I do think it is hard, you know, and I do think a lot of people, you know, you just have to keep going through this. You know, it is hard for people to concentrate, like I said before, and, you know, I think that's good for people to join some of those Zooms. That's a good idea, you know, to do that because, um, 
I, my problem is I am in so many groups. I don't. I just keep signing up for groups, and I don't do any of it. You know, I I try to share things as much as I can, but then I, you know, I I join something, and then the next few days I don't remember it and not remember it I don't look at it and then all of a sudden I want to join it again and I go oh I'm already a <laughs> member of this already I haven't done one thing you know and so I mean I have a lot of children's authors on and some of those sites for the children's authors they actually you know they talk to each other about illustrations and so it does help especially for new writers that don't know what to do with their work, you know, and right. where to go and the publishers and if they want to independently publish, you know. So I think that's a difficult problem now. But I think that, you know, there are so many people out there that will help you. That's the good thing about authors. If you ask a question, they will help you, you know, of what to do. And years ago they didn't have that. You know, I was telling my husband, I said, um, I remember years ago when I used to go to the library when I first started everything, I just would sit down and read, like, like when I was doing the screenwriting, let's just say I picked up every book I possibly could, and I sat there and I read every book because I wanted to learn different styles, different techniques, how to do it, you know, and uh, as Sally, Sally knows, it's not an easy thing to do a screenplay because you really have to edit yourself out. I mean, you you know, you've got a certain amount of pages and that's that. You know, it's like, you know, you can't exceed it. When you're writing a book, you've got, you know, you can do what you feel. You know, if you want to have more pages, fine, but not in a screenplay. So I, they don't do that anymore. So that was like a good place to concentrate. And I know a lot of authors used to go to coffee shops. You know, like I myself would sometimes sit and have lunch at a restaurant myself and just I would have no interruptions. So I used to like that time alone, you know. And right. I think that's a problem. Coffee shops for people because I hear a lot of authors I know, you know, they all wrote it. A lot of them wrote at coffee shops, and, and they're not yeah, there now. But, then, but then the virus came up and we can't I know. go anywhere. I know. So I'm hoping that things will get back to a way that people, you know, can concentrate at different places. You know, right. So it's not surprising that Barnes and Noble isn't busy. You know, and right now, you know, I'm in Chicago, so they've cut a lot of things now. So it's the streets are. It looks like March again in April. You know, it's it's right. kind of, it's very sad that way. You know, uh, we live off a of street, so I could see, and it's there's hardly any cars go by. So I'm hoping, you know, that this will get better for people. You know, but we all still love to write, so we have to keep doing this. So what's your what's the latest for you, Elaine? What are you doing? Um, I just signed a two-book contract with Severn House, which is a publisher in London, and I'm working on my, uh, I just turned in my latest book for them, which is Death Grip, and it will be out in the UK in December and in the US in March, and now I'm starting on the next one, uh, which is Life Without Parole, or LWAP, and I'm yeah. on chap- chapter eight, and it's due in January. So, well, well, so you got I should I should not be laughing. Okay, right. <laughs> well, laughing is good. Right? Don't they say laughter is the best medicine? <laughs> Only if it writes twenty chapters. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Sally, what's going on with you now? So, what's happening? Um, well, uh, the screenplay that uh, I sold. Excuse me. <clears throat> in March, um, is on the production schedule for January of 2021. Um, the producer right now filming 
is at a crawl, and yeah. it depends on uh, where it's at kind of thing. And um, this production company, which is a new one, start and it's starting here in Omaha, which is oh, wow. absolutely, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. And um, they have five films scheduled for production in 2021. Uh, and then, Oh, I'm sorry, and then I'm January of 2022. I'm Ooh. number six uh, on the, uh. the schedule. And... Um, they are on a 21-day shoot schedule for each one, and um, so you it's. Do you think it's going to be viable that they're going to do a 21-day shoot? I really don't think so. Oh yeah, uh, the gentleman who's the producer uh, has been a SAG actor for 30 years, and uh, has produced a uh, a number of shorts and. Um, he is. He's. Uh, he and his partner has some very progressive ideas, and yeah, they're they'll do the 21 days. Yep, and he's been on several shoots that have been like that. So he, he flat out knows what he's doing. You mean for now because of the pandemic? <laughs> yeah, everything. Tell us about the everything came to a, a, a dead stop, and. Um, through the unions, whether it's SAG or AFTRA, uh, they would have to get permission to do anything. And so that's been really slow. But there still have been some productions done. And I think now that the vaccine is on the horizon, uh, things will pick up and, and take off at a dead run. Um, and so that's um, – and then that producer is um, – he bought uh, that contemporary story – from me and he's looking at there's one that is an action adventure that um, he's going to research the CGI and all of that because it it takes place in the mountains in 1880 and so then I'm being serious who would you like to act in and who would you like to star in I have no choices I have no say (laughs) Zero zip well, writer yeah. sits there and you're allowed. And, Tell me who you want. Well, I know that uh for the the children, the eighteen eighty film, uh one of the characters um I know they're going to the two that he's going after for that is uh Tom Selleck and Sam Elliott. Wow. I'm yeah. impressed. <laughs> so, um and um so he he's got a lot of uh you know a lot of connections but it's you know you have to catch them when they would be interested and when they're available that's just mm-hmm. the way it goes yeah. Yeah. and um so uh budget wise there's a lot of flexibility in Hollywood now um because uh the WGA came out with the uh low budget agreement and then uh, SAG followed and AFTRA followed, and so um, it, the independent film companies are able to shoot, uh, you know, on their budget and be able to get professional people. And one of the things that this uh, producer is doing is he has his connections in Hollywood that are going to be coming to Omaha 
and then while they're preparing for the shoot or whatever, he's going to have them doing seminars for local um, artisans and professional people to make them more professional. And so he's going to to help create um, a core here in the Midwest, which is just absolutely mind-boggling. And uh, he, I'll zoom in on that if you ever want me to. I'll zoom in. Well, and he hired me to uh, teach advanced screenwriting. So Great. I'll be doing, but that's that's going to be a little different. That's going to be like a twelve-week um, course for people, and they'll write a screenplay while they're taking the course. And it's you not the intro. I'll zoom in on any time you want. You know, you know, you know uh, I, I see a lot of sites now, you know, and uh, I've looked in some of the sites, you know, as far as, you know, to getting the scripts done and, you know, for having a lot of the, you know, they have a lot of um, courses now for people. And uh, right. I think it's it's probably difficult now because the ones I've seen, you know, uh, they're not that cheap, and I think people right now, they don't have the money to do this. So I think right. that's kind of sad. You know, they have the time to do the screenplay, but when, you know, you start thinking about it, it's expensive, you know, and you go like, I don't know, you know, if they don't know how to write a screenplay, you know, sometimes I, that's one of the reasons, you know, as I've said many times, I do my shows because I know what there's a lot of people out there that charge people to for different functions that, you know, are exorbitant, you know, and that's what happens sometimes, you know. And even there are certain networks you go in, but I don't, you know, know if they actually do what they're supposed to do, you know, as far as, like, you know, trying to sell the screenplay. There are the same old standbys, you know, Ink Tip, which has always done what they've done. I, you know, I knew them for years, and I a lot of people were on Ink Tip to be able to sell their scripts, you know, but there's a lot more out there, and some of them I've signed up for just to see how they are, and I don't get any response afterwards. So I, I worry about how they're trying to do this, you know. And because a lot of times you had to have an agent, which is what I was, a WGA agent. And But the problem is now it's very different because there are so many independents, you know, so they don't really care. A lot of years ago you had to have a WGA agent submit it. But that's right. really not the case no, as much okay. as it was. I was talking to another company, and they're saying a lot of them are going back to old radio where somebody can do it either in their home, you know, through, you know, through a phone link, or basically, you know, do separate accommodation studios. Do so what? what you, guys you mean like if a... If you're going to do a radio show, an audio book, whatever. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. yes. And, you yeah, know... I, you're taking taking a, a script, somebody's screenplay, and instead of doing it physically where they have to be in, all together and with the age of COVID still, uh, they're talking doing it as a radio show or, or, you know, I say radio show, audio book or whatever to do the same thing. And it's, you know. Well, I think, you know, I wanted to do this because I, I wanted, actually I did it on one of my shows years ago. You know, they were reading one of my screenplays. But I think, you know, uh, I think people, you know, I think that's a good idea for people sometimes. I mean, to do like the radio. I think in, 
I don't know, in the U.K. and London, I don't know. I think they do have still stations that do, like the old times when they did a screenplay, and, you know, and it's a weekly show. So I think, you know, yeah. those are the kind of things that might be of interest because, you know, you could. I listened to a few of them several years ago, and I thought it was pretty. Fun. It was a lot of fun listening to the, you know, to the audio of it, the screenplay. Right. You know, so we have we have a we have a um, radio theater. Omaha is an actual company that actually records. The man who founded that came from Minnesota, and where for 42 years he was involved in radio drama up there and he brought the program here and he's done a number um of uh radio scripts and they're they're a little they're different yeah the radio script is different because yeah. um you yeah. have to there are things that you you do not have in a radio script because everything has to be orally described um or with the sound effects that have to be realistic you know et cetera et cetera um yeah so yeah, I I doing well. They might come uh, up with they might come up with you know sometimes old is new you know and hip yeah you know uh, Elaine you do uh, your characters you know uh, are in series so want to talk a little bit about that for people when you choose a good character what you decide to do with it as far as you know making it into you know using the same character. Well, well, the advantage of series and the reason that publishers like them so much is that uh, if someone likes your series, you I have a, a ten book series, twelve book series. If they like the the book they read, you've pre-sold ten or twelve books. And yeah. the problem with the character is to try to keep it fresh. So when yeah. you write your your the first one in the series. Be very careful and be very vague about family because as the series goes on, you're going to need long-lost cousins, uncles, <laughs> right. don't make her an orphan. You know, because that's true. That That is true because, right, you know, and we were talking about this last week, I think, of having a character and then, you know, how much you know? How much you put in that character, and then when you start adding characters, do some of the characters turn out to overlap, or are they better than the main character? You know, that's what happens sometimes. You know, because sometimes you bring in a character, and you go, "This character is great," you know, and then you, that's when you probably should do the series then, because then you take that person and put them in a book. You know, well, one and, of the things you have to be careful about is. How are you going to age your character? In my Dead End Job series, Helen yeah. is 41, yeah. and her landlady is 76. But I can't really age her because uh, when you start getting closer to 80, uh, people that age are not always as uh, adventurous. They have, they have yeah. problems. So I have to permanently keep her at 76. Yeah. Okay. So it's like they stay like Angela Lansbury, that character. Because yes. they, they try to, you know, we've, I've had authors on, right, that have written, you know, some of the things for afterwards. Right. So, but, you know, some characters are ageless, actually, you know, and um, that's, a good, that's good to keep in mind. What? Have you thought of combining characters? 
if you're combining going to, characters? yeah, meaning combining that you characters? have, yeah, you have a character in one book, and they, okay, uh, Ed McBain did it in one of his. He needed a lawyer in Florida, and he had Matthew Hope, and he, the 87th precinct, met Matthew Hope, and I don't know if it'll work these days. But somebody might be interested in using both voices, if you know what I mean. I've never been able to take my characters out of one universe and put them in another. Um, yeah. Because yeah. Okay. The, the, the Josie Marcus series that I have is very cozy and kind of sweet. And Helen is very Florida and kind of crazy. And so the two of them just don't work. And if I put them in the uh, Angela Richmond series, well, you know, I don't want them autopsied. So the question is, what am I <laughs> going to do with these characters? Right. You know, right. one of the most successful of series writers has been Diana Gabaldon. Millions, yes. millions yes. of uh, fans uh, and obsessive fans. And um, her whole, when she first started writing about Claire and Jamie, her idea was she wanted to follow not just an initial love story. She wanted to follow the evolution of a marriage, the evolution of love throughout an entire lifetime. And it's just been fascinating because she's developed these characters with their very dynamic individual personalities and their different roles that they have as they progress through life, which has worked wonderfully and is just an incredible teaching tool in my mind. I have yeah. learned a lot from that. Well, you, you you are absolutely right. She is is she has been f- incredibly successful, and uh, her fans are loyal. And when we were talking earlier about loyal fans, um, I had a, I have some very loyal fans with my Dead End Job series, and my main character Helen Hawthorne is married to a PI named Phil. And uh, I got an email from a woman who said, "I'm looking forward to your next book." But if anything happens to Phil, I'll kill you. <laughs> I guess that's getting involved. It's definitely involved. In I'm very, very careful about the health of well, Phil. That's like that's like the soap opera. I, you know, on Facebook, some of the soap opera groups, you know, like for, you know, I my mother used to when I was taking care of my mother years ago. She was watching, you know, a couple soap operas, and after oh, yeah. she, you know, that then I started. I watched them. So, you know, and I'm watching them, you know, like The Bold and Beautiful and, you know, um, Young and Restless, you know, and um, people, they're writing, they go, oh, we don't like this character. We want the old one back if somebody came in. You know, people really are serious about certain, they go, oh, we don't like that you're going to marry this one to that one, you know, (laughs) and loyal fans have a lot to say. Right. I mean, you know, which is great if an author or, or a TV show can have that because when you have people that love your characters, this is what we strive for as writers, as people actually like our characters or, you know, even if they're not a good character, you know, a nice person, they still like the character. So, and I, you know, so I think that this is what writers, you know, 
starting out now, if they develop where they can start out instead of an individual just a book, just to start writing like that kind of way where you get your fans, because it's really hard to keep fans when you change your genre. Or do yes, you it know? Is. Uh, I've done this, you know, in my career, and so now after I finish this one book, I will. I'm going to do that if I will let myself, because I have taken some of my screenplays and made them into books and changed them completely, which drives me crazy, which is really hard to do. I should have not done it, and this is the third time. If they, they, They're not even like the screenplay, but the characters are there, and I already know what happened to the characters, so if I move them in a different situation, it's hard. So I don't think I'll do that again. I think in my mind I would just start and then start from there and know I'm going to do it, you know, but it. Once you take a screenplay and you change it, it, the whole thing changes. You can't, everything changes. So, you know, and I think that's the difference if you're writing a screenplay because screenplay is, you know, it's in the here and now and you're just doing it, you know, and, but when you're writing a book, it's not. So when the author tries to do both, it's like you're almost making yourself a really difficult job. You know, because you saw it one way and try to sell it, you know, I, for one, cannot change my character's names. And I did that. And that's that's what happened. When you change a name, because one of them was a dog's name. So that was really a ridiculous thing for me because I know that <laughs> once you have a name for a character, don't you know that that's the name you call that character? You can't change yeah. that name. They become I would think the you. dog's name might might have upset some people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like it's like even. Well, I'll tell you something. What was interesting about when I did my "It's Never Too Late for Love" and I have the dog in it. You know, I said I want the dog on the cover, and the dog is the char- The dog is a big character. I mean, she's an angel mm-hmm. and she's magical. So, and she comes to help. You know, this couple try to get together. They go, "Oh no, you you just you just cannot do this." I go, "I'm doing this. It's independently published. I want the dog on the cover." Meanwhile, people love the dog, so it worked out okay because that's who they loved and they liked the dog. And one woman, she this is how people are. She goes, "You know," she goes, "I have a Cavalier dog." She goes, "But I don't like your Cavalier dog. I like mine better." I'm thinking, "Oh my <laughs> god." <laughs> They're like, really? You know, and it's like, oh. You know, but people really, they have such opinions, you know, of the things that other writers do. And I'm thinking like, well, I don't want my my dog is my dog and your dog is your dog. It's like, you know, this is not a review that you're giving me that your dog is better than my dog. So I'm thinking like, you don't think she okay. was a, a stage mom, do you? <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and you know, and it's all when I wrote like Sala, which which is to life. It's a Holocaust story, and I wrote, I interviewed her every day for months, and I went to her house, and we did this, and she didn't write the book at all. I wrote the entire book of everything. There were no changes. You know, and so when I read it to her, everything was fine. She, because she only wanted it a certain way, and so I, it was so many years ago. I go, okay, fine. So I did it. I said, let's do this or that, and she didn't want that. So I wrote it exactly how she wanted it. That was her story. So somebody wrote a review. They go, you, you know, I don't understand. You wrote this book. You should. The person that wrote this book should be ashamed of herself. She had no idea what she's talking about. Maybe she should have talked, <laughs> known more about the story. So, and I'm thinking, oh like, God. this is the Wait story. You know, see, it was not me. I just want to meet a culpa. It was not me. It was <laughs> 
No, no, no. I got But see, when people write a review, that's such a ridiculous view. I mean, you know, this is, and it says memoir and the, by Marsha Cook, whatever, story by her. You cannot change a true story. Okay, you this you can if you just want to make it up, but this was true. So when people do reviews, they just go berserk sometimes. So how do you feel? Okay, uh, you know, Elaine, uh, how do you feel? You I want to ask Elaine. Berserk? I want to see how Elaine, because I Bennett, we know you reviewed, but Elaine, when you get a review that's insane like that, it's it, it. What happens? Do you just go? What are you doing? I mean. It's ridiculous when they do a review if like that. If it's really crazy, I ignore it. Um, yeah. Now, if it's a review by a professional reviewer and mm-hmm. they they make what I think is a good point, I pay attention to it because, yes. you know, one yes. of them said that, uh, you know, I, there were a couple of characters in, in a book that they thought should be more fully developed. And I went back and I looked at the book and I thought, you know, they're right. And yeah, so yeah. in the next book, I was much more careful about that because yeah. sometimes a bad review can be helpful. Um, I mean, yeah. of course I oh, love definitely. good reviews, yeah, but, def- uh, you know, I, I, if it's a professional reviewer, I do pay attention. Now, I have had people who <laughs> I gave an author friend a bad review because his book cost too much. And it was published by a major publisher, so that wasn't his fault. But they gave right. him one star. You know? <laughs> he didn't Ouch. Wow. Sally, what about you when oh, you get a review that's in, yeah, when you get a review that's, you know, a little bizarre? And Diana, whoever she is who just messaged me, I didn't do it. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody messaged you about that one? I'm not for this one. You know, I, you know, and I, Elaine, I get what you're saying because I know this because I had, in a, in an audio book somebody had mentioned something to me about it, and then I never thought about it until she said it, and I think she was a hundred percent right. But there's nothing I'm going to do, you know, because it's already done. You know what I mean? It's out. It's there. already done. But I, yeah. But it it's it it does make sense some of them. No, I I agree on that because sometimes when you get something and you, sometimes no matter how much we study our work and we read our work whatever somebody else has a, maybe an idea that we didn't catch and mm-hmm. so we listen. I I do too. I agree. Sally, what about you? You got to line up the ducks. You have to do all of your research as deeply as you can. Yeah. And I do. I I am. A planner. I'm not a panster. I yeah. don't. I don't sit down and just spew. I yeah. have. I have a plot, and the reason that I have it plotted out is so I know where I have to research to make it as authentic right. as possible. Yeah. That the the details have. It's my responsibility to make it authentically credible. And um, I will give an example. I wrote a screenplay <clears throat> that uh, involved the carnival life. And yeah. uh, the manager I had at that time, uh, he thought when, when he got the script and he sent, me, sent back a message, I never knew that you lived uh, any of the carnival life. Wow. And I just oh, laughed I, well, that's, yeah. 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 because yeah. I had done... My research. You do your research, and that's how you develop your characters, your plot details, 
And um, if you've got some character that really pops, I especially in a screenplay, I have the philosophy that every character that has a speaking part, that has a line, has to be worthy of the actor. So I, I just I focus on that as I am writing dialogue, that I want the character to be worthy of the actor's time, and so then when I'm writing a book and I am vicariously living with those characters, it's the same thing. I yeah. want that character to be worthy of my time. Yeah. So um, I vicariously really get into what they're thinking, what they're feeling, uh, their opinions. uh, And you don't share everything, but when it is pertinent to that scene, then you lay it on the line. And it makes it more real. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Bennett, you're as a reviewer for many years, when you're reviewing, what do you look for? So one, I look for a good story. If I'm entertained, and I don't mean just, oh, you're being entertained. No, I want to be entertained. Uh, It's got to make sense. I had one kid, it was younger, and he said, said, uh, well, I I wrote it for two years, and, and I thought it was great. I said, that's fine. But I I found a lot of plot holes in it that I didn't find fine, and you have to be entertained. It, it, we're in a we don't have a, a show or anything else to see it, so we have to find entertainment in the words. And if the words don't entertain us, we need to say something. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, right. You know, I think that, you know, Amazon, you know, as we all know, I mean, there are just people out there reviewing stuff. Some are not even reading a book or whatever. It is hard for the reader that wants to pick out a book to really know, you know, when they're reading reviews, if they're just from friends of somebody's or they're really real, you know, and not just saying, oh, this is great, you know. that That's a very difficult now. You know, because they they kick people off now. I've had so many guests on that they have written reviews for people, and they just take them off. You know, and it's not even a friend. It's just somebody they might have known, you know, or maybe been on a show with or whatever, and they take them off, which is that's not fair either, you know. Um, So I don't know what's going on with the reviews, but I do know that people are very upset about, you know, what's happening. Sometimes they get, all of a sudden you look and the review's not there. You know, um, so I think that a lot of things are people being spiteful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Somebody has a somebody has four out of five, and let's let's see if we can lower them. And they get three of their friends to say, "Hey, this thing is a piece of crap," and it's not being fair. Yeah. It's, a, it's it's very sad, if, you know, people have to do that. So I think people, you know, that's the problem. And that's why I think that, you know, when you do sometimes write a little more, maybe people will want to read the book on their own. Because, I mean, I don't think that I'm going to look through 200 reviews of anybody's book. I just not, you know. And so I think and people have said to me, sometimes the reviews are in a couple times. They're not just in once, 
which I don't know. I haven't really scrolled down a lot, but for that type of review. But I think that there are there are some issues, you know, with that. So you know, I think that you know the reader sometimes has to just you know look at you know. I don't know, sometimes, you know, they like the cover, they like the author, they like, you know, the dialogue. You know, you have to at least hope that your reader is interested in you and your writing, you know, which is one of the reasons why being on a show and, and or being anywhere where they can talk to you is a good thing because I think people really like to talk to authors. I mean, they do at signings, which we all know. When you go to a signing, they really want to talk to you. They love it. Well, say, say, this is Elaine, and I wanted to say yes. that you're, you're right. They, they do like to talk to authors. They seem to regard us as having some kind of magical power when we don't, but it's nice they think that. And when it comes to reviewers, um, I, I read a lot of reviews, and there are some reviewers whose opinions I always trust. And right. so I hone in on them. And, you know, there are some that I don't trust, and right. I know that if, if they pan the book, I may like it, but you yeah. need to get to know your reviewers too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That is true. You know, but you know, it is good. You know, a lot of times, you know, I know people, you know, offer a free review to it, but I don't do that. I don't want to know who's reviewing my book. You know, I would rather have people I don't know at all re- review my books. You know, yeah, um, that was my review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just find, you know, because I don't want someone to write a review just because they know me. I just want someone to yeah. write a review because they like my book or they don't. Right. Either way, you know, mm-hmm. but I do, as mm-hmm. Elaine said, I do. If I've ever had anything where people say something and I think it's right, I think it's it's good to, for that reason. In a, you know, because you have to be able to take criticism when you're a writer. Oh, yeah. You know, if you can't, you can't be in this. I mean, because, you know, we, everybody writes in a different style. You have to be happy, like Bennett said, with a good story, you know, which is that's what we all try to do, write the best story we can, you know. And we all write differently because we are different, you know. Yeah. And so I think that the author, you know, you know, if you know an author, you know, and some people are, you know, when you do change genres, sometimes that's when people say, oh, I don't think they like this that a person does. So I think that that's kind of a risk for an author. So I mean, if I was starting out now, I think I would stay in one type of genre. You know, I think it's better. You know, maybe you could switch off later, but at the beginning of your career, I think it's better to just try to get, you know, uh, an audience that is waiting for your books. Which you know, I, I think that's, that's good advice. Very good advice. Elaine, I didn't hear that. Elaine, did you say? So? I, I just was said that what you said is is very good advice. Uh, when okay. you're first starting out, a scattergun approach is not going to help you develop an audience. Right. right. Yeah. You know, later on you can switch over if you feel like it, you know. But you do want your same, you know, you do want to get an audience. You know, listen, it is hard. You know, so those that are listening, you know, to these shows, this is one of the reasons is because all you know, all of the authors I've had on over the years, and some we also do other shows, but, you know, we all write differently. So I do think, you know, 
uh, it's always good to get to know authors and, you know, and different things that they feel and they think. And, you know, um, sailing, you know, I talk about screenwriting a lot, and that's why, Sally, it's good that you're talking about that because I think there are a lot of screenwriters out there that are listening, you know, to, you know, different techniques. People, I mean, I, I read, I learned from Sid Field how to write a script. I don't know. Um, yeah. Is that who you yeah, learned from? Yeah, I've uh, studied. Yeah. yeah. And then he was, you know, fabulous. and then a gazillion others, but um, yes, but yeah, Sid Field, Field was, was was the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so yeah, I tell you know, people this one, now. Yeah, oh, go ahead. And the the go thing ahead. about um, uh, I had on my log line on my website, I had my screenplays listed by genre. And do you know who Diana Palmer is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, duh, good in the room. She wrote good in the room. She advised me, she evaluated the page, and she said, what you have to do is you have to identify the type of material you sell. So she had me rewrite my log lines and then just put it in alphabetical order, focusing on the fact that I write dramatic romance. I don't write romantic comedy. I write dramatic romance. That's how I used to write for my clients. When I used to send out the log lines, we would write dramatic comedy or we'd write, you know, um, thriller or, you know, um, you know, but uh, I'll tell you something. Now, now, now people love horror. Now people like horror stories. But years ago when I was an agent, you know, uh, they would say no horror, no period pieces. And now it's just the opposite. Those are what they look for now. No, but I remember we would call people and they'd go, if it's a horror film, no. If it's a, you know, because that they knew what they wanted. They were all wanting romantic comedy. They wanted thriller. And even mysteries, which are, people love mysteries, which you know, you know, Elaine, this is, you know, they need more of that out there. Because people love a good mystery. Now, I don't care who you are. They like that. It's just enjoyable. They like you it, know. and they like to figure it out. Did you see yes. Knives Out? Did you like that? Was that fun? I only saw some no. of it. Did you like it? Because some people didn't like it. I, you know, I, I really it, liked it. I know I know there you, were people who just didn't get it, but I, I thought it was hilarious. I loved it. Yes, of how it was. Yeah, I, I should finish that one. I, You know, the, I, I like it when it's just a movie. I get involved in all these series now, and it's... It, it does get tiring, but I do love the you know some of them. I'm watching the, the gamut now. The but the chess player. Does anybody see that yeah. one? It's incredible. No, a character. This is a character that this is a great character. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. I mean, you're it's like you're mesmerized by watching everything she does. You know, uh, just every move. That's really a difficult thing that she. I mean. Because it's such a straight type of role, but it's just you you are growing up with her. You know, as she's growing up, you're watching everything she's learning. I think it's in very, I mean, I, you know, we all, look, at everybody has what they, I do love movies. You know, I, I like it more than books, and I love audiobooks, you know. Uh, but I've had people on my show, they don't like audiobooks. 
And I, I, I'll even say that even when I was an agent, people go like, oh, I don't go to movies that much. And I go like, how can you be working for a production company and you don't go to movies? How do you know what you want? You know, and they would go, we want a movie like so-and-so, you know. And I'd go like, that movie, you didn't even know if it was going to be successful years ago. You know what I mean? Everybody wants success. But you don't know that. You have to read it. Like a book needs a beginning, middle, and end. No matter what you say, that has never changed. Okay, so if you're if you want to write a book, you got to think about the beginning and the middle. You got to make sure that you get that middle okay, where people don't go to sleep. You know, and uh, that's what you need. You know, so I think the fact of writing doesn't change really. It's just different stories. But that's why I always tell people: just because a book is written ten years ago doesn't mean you can't write it. I mean, read it because when you go to a library, they have. Uh, the library and the bookstores, they have the new books. But what about the old books? You know, there's so I, many. I wish they'd republish some of the old ones. I'd love to yeah. I'd love to read Ellery Queen again. The original Ellery Queen. See, a lot of, you know, a lot there, of people is, are there is a publisher who does that. Um yeah. and their name is Crippen and Landrew. And uh, they they do short stories, uh, and they've got Ellery Queen uh, stories. They've got Ed Hoke stories. They've got a lot of well-known short stories. And if I can say this, they also have a collection of mine. Um, but if you really like the old stories, uh, they are they are terrific. And I love their name. Crippen and Landrew are are yeah. both uh, criminals who were hanged. <laughs> but, 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 yes. Well, they weren't very successful criminals, were they? No, they weren't successful. They got caught. And, and the why are you looking at me when you say that? Oh, oh, my God. You know, I'll tell you. You know, you know, but this is the fun of it all. You know, it's like there's so many different styles out there. So, you know, that's why I think when, you know, people are listening, you know, it's always good to hear everybody's point of view. And here we are. We all have different, little different, you know, ways that we do things. So at, at the end of the show, I thank you all for being on. And, Elaine, I know you were hurt, so I'm glad that you actually got to be on the show. So thank you. There was no, thank you. No, wait, you could sit for this show. Just sit, right. right. Uh, I, I so, I, Elaine, tell everybody so where they can find foot. you. <laughs> yes, tell everybody where they can find you. All right. Um, you can look under my my name, or you can find me at Amazon.com, or if you go to Barnes and Noble or any bookstore. If they don't have my books, order them and be sure because it's a good way to to, to help out uh, booksellers. So uh, yeah. please, yeah, please they're gonna keep need the it. bookstores yeah. alive. Yeah, they're going to need it. Yeah, yes, they do. Sally, um, I also am on Amazon.com and uh, uh, Ingram Spark. Uh, you, books can be ordered directly from there. Um, and um, I now, my, uh, as of this year, I have three different universities using my uh, Learn Screenwriting textbook as a textbook for their uh, intro classes, so I'm thrilled about that. Um, and I have um, creative writing screenbooks that can, or I'm sorry, creative writing textbooks that can be used by individuals, by groups, um, as textbooks in the classroom, 
and so I'll have more of those coming out in 2021. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Bennett? Oh, let's see now. Audio World at Yahoo.com. The, uh, and in 2021, I will be hopefully with my own show on Marsha's Network, uh, going back to doing Anything Goes, and I've got already people are lining up. So any author that wants to be there, please line up, and I will love to do, you know, one-on-one with them like I usually do, and it's always wonderful. Yeah. Uh, the and other thing we- also is Go ahead. I didn't. Go ahead. You just, I, I, yeah. No, I, I no, I was gonna. No, I was just gonna say. I'm thinking of uh, possibly doing some roundtable discussions. You know that we talk about writing techniques and things like that for. And I'm hoping you know to start that maybe at the first of the year because I think there really are a lot of writers out there that they really need some direction. You know of how, because they really don't know what to do. You know, they they want to write, but they really, you know, there are various steps of how to do it and how to do characters. I volunteer. And, you know. If you do something on adaptation, I volunteer okay. to participate. Okay. Of adaptation from a book to a movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yep. that's well, a good idea because that is that, that is a good idea because I I do the opposite sometimes but yes it is a good idea yes and I do you know because I do say to people that have um, written scripts you know because as we know it's very hard to get a script seen you know um, so and it's, it is going to be hard I think in the movie you know I think they've got a lot of movies now coming out that were probably in you know just waiting and now they're putting them out because people are home more but. You know, if you have a script and you and you think you could write a book, not everybody can. But if you think you can, at least if you have a book, you have your work out there. Right. And a screenplay could sit in your drawer forever, and no one will find it. So at least if it's a book and you can independently publish it, and if you want to know how, there, you know, listen to some of the shows because we do talk about that. And then at least your work is out there, and then somebody might like your book and do a screenplay. So it can work that way, too, for authors, you know. Yep. So you don't have to have work that just sits there and never gets anywhere, you know, because, I, I, you know, that's what I do. I've told people that, you know, because there's so many people that have screenplays laying in their drawers, you know. I have 12 of them. So, you know, some were optioned, but, you know, and I, you know, you, I think you need to figure well, out what you to do only with it. Have, you only have 12? Yeah. I have 33. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, these are 12. I've written them over and over. You know, and I, I do love screenplays. I love it. But then I've realized, you know, it is hard to sell, you know, even when you get yeah. options, you know. The option, you know, it doesn't always work out, you know. And there's a lot of production companies out there you have to be really careful for. I mean, I've had people that have optioned it, and there's one group, and I, I'm not saying who it is, and I've tried to reach them. I mean, and... I don't know that they knew that I was an agent because they found it on a site and they never responded back after the option is over. And I'm thinking, like, this is so, I mean, unprofessional. Unprofessional. And I know this. But if I were a person that didn't know this, I would be upset, thinking, oh, are they going to use it? They're not using it. They probably threw it somewhere, you know, or don't care about it. But, you know, you have to be careful out there. So same with books. You can't go to independent 
or you can have books independently published, but you can't go to a person that is going to charge you $20,000 to do it. So that's what I work on for people, that if they want help, I can send them places, you know, and tell them where they can go, but not to you know, be hurt in this market. It's, you know, because it's right. very costly sometimes, you know, so that's what I talk about all the time. So anyway, you can find me at MarciaCasperCook.com uh, and Michigan Avenue Media. And it's been such a good, Elaine, it was so nice to meet you and Sally for you coming on. And I hope you'll join me again. And Bennett, we could do this again. Yes. I do like and thank you so much. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. And it's been really fun. Thank you all. And everybody, one Request wear a mask, please. Yes. Okay, yes. Yes. Hey, everybody. yes, yes, a mask. Okay, take care, everybody. Take care. Bye bye. Stay safe. Bye bye. Stay safe. Yes. Bye bye.